So there in Psalm 90 and verse 12, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you that we can go to your word today and find it to be as true as it's always been. I thank you that it has stood the test of time. You said that heaven and earth would pass away, but not your word. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, we'll continue to see it fulfilled and manifest fruit in our life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you lead us into it today. I pray that you encourage each one of our hearts as we have need. You you take my remarks, um, weak as they are, and and use them to bless each heart. Lord, you, you build in each heart what is needed today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yesterday, um, I got a little bit of time. I've had some time off from uh, work. And so I was able to, to go out and play golf yesterday. I saw the temperature getting up, getting a little bit warmer. And I said, I need to go tear up somebody else's grass for a little bit. And um, That's been for me this year. I went by myself. I've gone a lot more by myself this year. That, that's been a special time, just a reflection uh, mental decompression for me uh, and exercise, exercise because I, I walk. I take the little push cart and I walk. And that's a different experience than riding the cart. Uh, the, the hills are a lot different when you're walking them. Uh, and I was listening to you. I'll have my little my earbud in and I'll be listening to something. And I've been listening to this book, listen to a lot of audio books. Again, I'm a nerd. If you didn't know that, I am. I listen to a lot of audio books. And this one is uh, long story short, it's by a hospice nurse and she's writing about different experiences that she had with patients at the end of their life. And you're thinking that sounds depressing and I'm not recommending it to you. Uh, it wasn't depressing. It was actually interesting and, and, and helpful and, and helped me to, to think a little bit more clearly about a few things. But I'm, I'm walking on. So that's kind of my mindset. That, that's what I'm thinking on as far as uh, that goes. And I, I was playing one of the holes and uh, it, it's really up and down and um, the, the green kind of sits on top of a hill and I had climbed that hill and I'd gotten out of breath climbing the hill. And so I decided to take just a minute there at the top. It, it's kind of in a corner of the golf course and it overlooks a few different holes and uh, the trees, most of them had lost their leaves that are usually right there obstructing your view from everything else. And so you could see a little bit more clearly through them and uh, everything was just whisper quiet. There wasn't anybody else out there because, you know, it's December and not a lot of people are thinking about golf at that time. And I, I was just able to take a minute and, and look out over, you know, all this area. A lot of it I had just been on. A lot of it I was about to be on and uh, see it from a high place, see it from a place of perspective. And, and I just the, the Lord ministered to me that, that that's part of what this time of year can be for us. You know, I could have got right there and not stopped and just kept going on to the next hole. And I've done that plenty of times. But to stand there and look over where you had been in in detail, you know, you had been down in the middle of something and then to be able to stand up top of it after you've climbed that hill, that, that moment of reflection to say, I see everything a little bit more clear from up here. Right. I'm taking a little bit of time before I push on to this next thing where I'm right back down, you know, looking in the tall grass and in the trees for where my ball is, which is what I do most of the time. I'm able to see a little bit more clearly how everything lays out, how everything sets up. You know, that's our our life in these times. We don't have a lot of them, right? Because we're busy. There's a lot going on. 
and we have a lot to occupy our, our hands and our, and our thoughts and our, our souls even are engaged so much that we don't have a lot of time to just stop and, and, and to think and, and to contemplate and, and to take uh, account of where we've been and where we're going. And, and that's what I believe t- today is going to be for us and hopefully it will be for you because it's that time of year, right? You notice even in the world, even people far from God or don't give God much thought that there's emphasis on this time of year, right? Abby and I were talking, she goes to the gym. She's like, the gym was really empty. You know, this was this last week, right? In between Christmas and New Year's, the gym was just completely empty. I was like, well, it will be for another few days. And then they're running specials, right? It will be the fullest it's ever been during the month of January. Why? Because people are they've already laid that out. Like, I've got to do something starting in January. I've got to make a change. This is what I'm going to do. Starting in January, I'm going to do this. It's just a time of emphasis. It's a time of importance. I mean, Times Square in New York City will fill up with people tonight just to, to watch the ball drop, just to commemorate the passing of one year and into another one. And I worry about those people because they're down there for a long time and there's not a lot of bathrooms. So I don't know exactly what's going on uh, with that. Uh, as you get older, you think about things like wonder where the bathroom is there and wonder how long you get to have to stand there before you get to go to one. And I'm thinking, I probably don't want to be down there and have God in your, in your thought. Even if you're, you're, you're not, don't even have God in your, in your thought process, which I'm not saying those people don't, but if, even if you don't, you, you see the world put emphasis on this time. It's a time that we should look up from, from the day to day, everything here on the ground to, to take, take stock of a little bit bigger picture of our life and ask ourselves some big questions. Ask ourselves some things that we wouldn't normally ask and, and take stock of where it is that we are. And we can't stand to do those things all the time, right? It would be too taxing on our, on our mind. It'd be too taxing on our thought process to, to, to think those big thoughts and ask those big questions all the time. But there are times that we need to and times like this, we ought to. Um, and, and to do that, we're going to need to find a little bit of peace and quiet. We're going to need to push some things away. We're going to need to turn some things off to, to calm everything down where we can do that. And we can't just do it like, well, I'm watching this video and there's an ad, so I'm going to take that 15 seconds and I'm going to think about life. Right. You can't shift that. Far. You can't you can't move into that mode that quickly. But yet it's still not that far away if we'll lean into it, you know, we, we need to sit and we need to think and we need to speak on some things just to ourselves, And then we need to listen to what he would say. We need to wait to hear that. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. I'm just kind of leading into we have as a people now and as a culture, we have constant stimulation. Right. We just do. It's just constant. You know, just barrage of things, information, pictures and videos and uh, all these different things, constant stimulation. And what we need most are, are those refuge places of, of quiet contemplation that, that, that we're able to, to think and to take stock and to locate ourselves where we are. And I've had to learn that myself because one of my favorite things to do, get in the car, pop in an earbud and turn my podcast back on or turn my book back on, you know, and just be listening to something. I'll even catch myself when I'm standing and this is a confession. And when I'm standing there and it's a quiet moment, I'll reach up to where my earbud should be and want to tap it like, all right, turn the sound back on. Let's go back into what we were doing. And there's nothing in there. 
Like it's a reflex that I've built up because I'm so used to having it around. I'm like, okay, I'm folding laundry, you know, pop it back on. Here we go. But it, it, pushing some of those things away so we've got room uh, to, to seek the Lord and, and to ask questions like, where am I? Where am I in my relationship with him? Where am I in the relationship with people in my family, those that are close to me? Where, where am I in those things and where, where ought I to be headed? Am I headed the direction that I should be in this relationship? Am I headed the direction that I should be in my pursuit in my relationship with him and then how I navigate that, that, that difference there and that in between. And again, these are big and weighty questions. And, and this is something that Moses writes about here in Psalm 90. This is a Psalm from Moses. It's the only one I think from Moses. And he, and he writes about this. And we read there verse 12, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts or so that we may develop a heart of wisdom. But he didn't start there with verse 12, right? I read that one first. I wanted us to start there. He starts back in verse 1. And you knew I wasn't going to not read the whole psalm because I can't do that. In, in Psalm 90 and verse 1, he says, Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Lord, in every generation, you have been our dwelling place. You have been our home place. You have been where we belong in every generation. You have been our refuge. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the, to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. So he starts just like we started today with our eyes up and his eyes up on to God Almighty and how big and massive and powerful he is. He starts this psalm, this song, this prayer with looking at God Almighty. It's always been you. You've always been our dwelling place. There is none like you. And we are glad to be listed among your people. It's always been you. You return, verse 3, you return mankind to the dust, saying, return descendants of Adam, for in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by. Like a few hours in the night, their lives end, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows, but evening it withers and dries up. So what's he doing? He's contrasting God with us. He's like, you're God and we're us. You know, from dust we came, from dust we'll return. It seems like our lives don't even last very long compared to all that you are. They're like a few hours in the night or like yesterday is like a thousand years to you. We are like this and we are not like you. So again, he's taking time looking on God, considering him and then looking on himself and considering how he's coming before the Lord. And in verse seven, for we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence for all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years or if we are strong, 80 years. 
Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass away quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Now, where do you think he was probably writing this when they were in the wilderness, right? Between Egypt and the promised land, it's the time frame in the wilderness, tough times, hard times. There's some tension here in his conversation with the Lord, things that he's wrestling with. He's wrestling with these parts of life that he's seeing and that he doesn't like, that he's experiencing and he doesn't want to experience anymore. He's like, we're under judgment because of our sin before you. We're dealing with the consequences of that in our daily life. I'm feeling empty, Lord, and I want to be full. I'm I'm feeling and seeing this chaos in the world and I'm wanting it to be what? Ordered. I'm wanting it to be brought to peace. Truthfully, he's probably tired of doing funerals in the wilderness when the promised land isn't that far away, right? He's tired of seeing the people wasting their life away, grumbling and complaining and doubting God when the promised land is right there. And we've all felt some of these ways that he's talking about, right? You know, I'm I'm sitting under this, Lord, and I'm not enjoying it. It's difficult, and I don't like it, and I want different. And then we see verse 12 come in kind of like a hinge on this whole thing. It hinges the first part into the second part when he says, Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us. That means I don't have what I need. I need you to give it to me. I don't have the direction that I need. I need you to show it to me. I don't have the knowledge that I need. I need you to teach it to me. The God of verse one and two, the one who's always been our refuge in every generation who before the mountain God, he's the one that he's asking to help his people. Teach me. Give me what I don't have. Teach me. Teach me what? Teach me to number my days or teach us to number our days carefully. To know that the days that I have on this earth are limited and they're moving fast. They're limited and they're moving Fast, and, and it's, that, it's that weight that we start to feel when we start talking about that that keeps us from walking down that thought road just every day, isn't it? That, that keeps us from living in that depth. We, we just can't absorb it. We're not used to it. We're not conditioned to it. It keeps us from walking down that, that road, but we need to. We need to consider it. We need to think on it. As I was studying this, I found a quote by... Uh, Spurgeon talking about time, talking about this verse in verse 12. It said, we mourn for the time past wherein we wrought the will of the flesh. The time past where we did, we didn't handle the time in the past like we should have. And we use diligently the time in the present. We reckon the time which lies ahead in the future as too uncertain to allow us to safely delay any gracious work or prayer. He's saying, don't take for granted that you'll be able to line it up tomorrow when you can line it up today. 
Don't, don't take it for granted that you can make it right with so-and-so tomorrow when you can make it right with them today. When we focus on the briefness of time that we have, we give more attention to the important things, don't we? That's something that I was gathering, listening to that book, you know, by the hospice nurse and helping people when they were at the end stages of their life, serving them during that time to just see what is really and most important. It changes the way that you think, doesn't it? And he goes on to finish up and says, we become humble as we look into the grave, which will so soon be our bed. Passions cool in the face of mortality. And we are willing to open ourselves up to eternal wisdom. He just talks so smart. So I quote him sometimes instead of trying to say it myself. But but what is what is he saying there when we consider how temporary our life here is, how we are not uh, always going to be here like this. Right. How temporary and fleeting life is can be. He said, our, our, our passions cool, like anger dies down and our energy to run here and there and chase after this and that kind of kind of cools. And we're willing to open ourselves up to eternal wisdom, to the deep things that, that God would show us are, are most important in our life. And, and it takes me to what I normally focus on when I when I get to preacher minister at, at a funeral or homegoing service is that we are to be in that moment mindful that the same thing we're there recognizing is one day going to happen to us, that we're not permanent. We are temporary and our days on this earth aren't unlimited. They're limited and they're moving quickly. And because of that, because they're limited and they're moving quickly, guess what they also are? They're meaningful. They matter. They're important. Every one I get is important. And so that helps me to then be purposeful. I'm mindful that this is going to be my end. So I, can, I can't stay in that place. It's like we don't stay at a funeral. We don't stay in necessarily this mindset of contemplation, but we do need to visit it. And we need to from there rise up with the, the new purpose that we've gained after considering all of these things. We'll get up as one who's been taught the number of our days. The one who's been given the heart of wisdom and it'll change what we do. We want to live like one that's been taught. And again, who, who should our teacher be? Teach us to number our days. Who's he speaking to? God Almighty. There's a lot of people that will line up to teach you about how life in the universe works, won't it? There's a bunch of people ready to tell you their opinion, but he is the only helpful and lasting teacher for our life that will bring peace and purpose and not stress and strain and worry and fear. He's the good teacher. Teach me, Lord, so that I will develop wisdom in my heart. And so it says there that there's going to be a response to the teaching. Teach me so that I will develop wisdom. There's going to be a response to this prayer that's going to have an effect in your life. 
I got to have a heart of wisdom. What's wisdom? Applied truth. It's truth that's applied to my life. It's truth in action in my life. And Moses continues in verse 13. He doesn't end there. He says, Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Lord, can there be a change? Can there be a change in this life? Can there be a change in my circumstances? Lord, does it have to be this way forever? Verse 14 and 15. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days and make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us. And you see a contrast there between 14 and 15 and back in 9 and 10. 9 and 10, it was like our days are ebbing away under your wrath. Our, our years end like a sigh. We got 70, maybe 80 if we're strong. He says, satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. And make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us for as many years as we have seen adversity. Then he says in verse 16, let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let this be a work that's going to carry on to the next generation. And let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Asking the Lord, Lord, if you'll lead, I'll follow. Lord, if you'll teach me, I'll I'll put it into place. Lord, if you'll reveal it to me, I'll walk in it and I, I want you to bless it because it won't go without you. Right. Again, like we sang this morning, unless he raised the house, the builders strive in vain. And that's our life as well. So what I'm calling for us to do is to look into, lean into these same things this week. So starting today, so, so putting off, you know, the big, the big planning, we're, we're not ready for that yet because we got to know what to plan for and, and being willing to sit in that tension for a little bit and let him speak, let him order, let him guide. Instead of the big planning, we, we want to have the big pause, right? We want to pause and we want to pray. Praying what? Verse 12, teach me to number my days carefully. So that wisdom will develop in my heart. Teach me so that wisdom may develop. Teach me to number my days. And again, it's going to cause some tension. There's going to be some wrestling there. You're going to be looking into things and thinking on things that you'd rather go, oh, that's too big. I'm going to put that off and just watch a video instead. Because that's easier. It's lighter. We don't have to hold the, the, the big and weighty things in life. But when you're in that tension and when you're feeling that, just remember you're not alone. Number one, we're all going to be walking through it together at the same time. And, and then most of all, he's there with us. He's there in that moment with us. The God who has been our dwelling place and our refuge in every generation. Who from eternity to eternity is God. But in those pause moments and in those deep breath Moments asking, Lord, where, where am I right now? Right now, help me locate myself and my trajectory in this life. Where am I and where am I headed? Right? Who wants to grow your relationship with the Lord this coming year? 
Everybody, right? Easy question. Easy question. Who wanted to grow your relationship with the Lord this last year in 2023? Right? We all did. So we can ask ourselves, Lord, I wanted that last year. I want it again this year. What did I do this year? How did it go? It's what I wanted. I wanted a good thing. I wanted to grow in you. I wanted to grow closer to you. I wanted to walk more closely with you this year. How did it go? I know you didn't do it perfectly, right? We can't do it perfectly, but how did it go? What do I need to carry over into next year? What do I need to leave behind this year? What do I need to build on? What do I need to rebuild? What do I need to to tear down and and start over? And and again, we're talking about life practices. And well, that starts to really just kind of build a little bit of pressure in the old gut, doesn't it? All these different things. Are you telling me I got to do this? You're telling me, well, hold on, hold on. That's, that's usually our enemy in, in those types of moments, that, that pressure, that worry, that concern that, that tries to creep up. But just know, deep breath, if you trust in Christ Jesus for your righteousness, he loves you. God the Father loves you, accepts you, validates you, and would receive you directly into glory if your life ended this year. Okay, And if you don't die and you live, then we know that we make it to the end of this next year. Just like this year, we won't be perfect when we get to the end of next year. So we're not trying to be perfect, right? That'd be a silly thing to do. It'd be foolish to try to be something that we can't be. We're not trying to be perfect, but what are we trying to be? Lord, I won't be perfect this time next year. Unless I'm with you in glory, I won't be perfect. The question is, what will I be? Will I be closer to you? Will I be more confident in the faith? Will will I be more effective in my calling? What will I be at the end of 2024? And we'll talk more about that next week. We'll get into some actual Logistics, like what does this look like? What does it look like for me in 24 to walk more closely with Him? But very simply, where who will I be at the end of next year? You'll be further down the road that you're walking right now. Doesn't that make sense? You're going to be further down the road that you're walking right now. And so you step back, like I did from the top of that hill, and you look and go, I'm headed this way. That's what's down at the end of that. I'm going to be closer to that if I keep walking that way. What, and, there, and here's the question that's going to be different for all of us. What is that? What do I see when I look at it? If I, just, if I don't change anything and I just keep doing what it is that I'm doing, will I be closer to him at the end of this next year or will I be further away? And then we measure that. Remember last year we talked about what is our aim? Because we don't want to go into a new year aimless. We don't want to be expending energy not knowing which direction we're headed or why it's even happening. We want to go in with an aim and with a direction. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because I can't get up here and tell each and every person specifically down to the minute detail what you need to do in your life. 
Because while we are very similar, we're still very diverse. I mean, we're different ages. We're different uh, life situations. We got all kinds of different things going on. So it may look a little bit different for you than for me, even though we're both following Christ. But here's what we do know. Is that there's going to be some battles this year. There's going to be some obstacles this year. We, how do we know that? Because they've been here every year so far. They've been here every year so far. How will we meet them? Some of them are going to be big, right? Some of you already know about big things that you're going to deal with this year. Some things are going to be big that we have to deal with that we don't know about yet. And that's when we lean so heavy into the God who has been our refuge for all generations. Before the mountains were born, before he gave birth to them, the earth and the world from eternity to eternity, he is God. So it helps us to be ready for those things that we're going to face as we continue down this road. But we ask him, Lord, what areas am I weak in that you want to strengthen me in? And that's usually not a hard question for us. When we sit there and ask ourselves honestly, we know what areas we're weak in. And ask Him to point. Lord, where am I weak that you want me to develop strength this year? What's an area that I need to shore up in my life this year? Lord, how do I need to approach? This is one thing that will be the same for all of us. How do I need to approach your scripture this year? Because you need to have a plan for that. You need to have some purpose in that. And again, that'll look different. How you do that, how you approach it. But here's what you better do. You need to hear the word. You can do that here, right? We do that when we talk to one another. We do that when the word goes. We need to hear it. We need to read it. We need to study it. So those are different things. Reading, I sit and read, okay. Read that. And then there needs to be some form of study where where you actually set up on a verse and go, Lord, I'm going to hang on to this one for a little bit. I want you to teach me what this is saying. I want you to encourage me out of your word. But here's what I know. If you don't have a plan for it, it's going to happen very rarely. You need to have a plan and a purpose for that. That's the same for all of us. Same thing with prayer. Lord, how am I going to approach you and set time aside for prayer and fellowship with you this year? How do I need to do that? Do I need to change what I did this year? Or do I need to just do the same thing and maybe add just a little bit? How do I approach your body this year? Lord, how do I approach the gathering this year? Do I do it the exact same that I've been doing? Do I lean in a little bit more? Because one thing he's not going to tell you to do is back up, right? Those are the same for all of us. Lord, Lord, how am I, how am I to serve my family, my church, my church family? My community this year. How can I help? Because I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody else showing up to help. There's no committee coming in from out of town. The state's not sending anybody in to help. The feds aren't rolling in and go, we've, we've just been thinking about y'all. So we just brought in a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of money and we're just going to put everything to right. But we walk around and act like that's what's going to happen, don't we? Lord, Lord, how can I serve? I can't change the whole community, but I can have an impact and I want you to direct that. I, I want you to connect to me 
so that I can make a difference and serve my community this year or continue to serve my community this year, right? These are questions that if you ask him, he'll answer you. Maybe you need to ask him, Lord, is there, is there something in my health you want me to address this year? Uh-oh. <laughs> Isn't it weird how you can talk about being a missionary to the community and everybody's like, yeah, is there something in my health you want me to address this year? Doggone it. Right? Is there some, Lord, are there habits that you want me to break this year? That you want to get rid of in my life this year? And are there habits that you want to build in my life this year? Because let me tell you what, I want to, as long as I'm here, I want to preach the gospel. Guess what? The healthier I am, the better I'm going to be able to do it. Okay. Again, will I be perfect at the end of next year? No. What will I be? I want to be where he wants me to be. I want to be on the track that he would have me to be on and develop wisdom in my heart. I don't want to be praying for a miracle to deliver me from a crisis that was optional. That I could have avoided if I would have took time and asked him, teach me to number my days so that I can develop wisdom in my heart. We, we overall, we may have se- decades left. Praise the Lord. That's what I want. I always joke, I'm, I want to go to 120. That's somewhere in there. I'll believe for it. And good ones, right? 120 good ones. But even if I get 120, guess what? It's going to go by real fast. I've never talked to a person on up in age who was like, golly, it took so long to get here. I felt like I was never going to get this. What do they say? They say it felt like it was just yesterday. What do they always encourage you? They say, don't blink. Don't blink with these little ones. It goes by so fast. That's what every single person says. 80s, 90s, centenarians. That's what they all say is, I was a kid just yesterday. It's flown by. We don't have long in the whole scheme of things. And so we want to be mindful of that. We want to be thankful that we have it. Thankful that we have the time that we have and that we want to take in both things together, have purpose, grow up out of that. To go, I'm mindful that every, I don't have a, tomorrow is not guaranteed to me. Tomorrow is not promised. If I get tomorrow, it's a blessing and it's a gift. I want to, I want to use it and have it be meaningful for the kingdom and for those around me. I want to take a minute because I want to help you with this. As we finish today, which we're we're finished, but I want us to take a time of prayer here. Just a few minutes. We're not going to linger long, but but I want you to begin that pause here. You're not thinking about what that was when my phone just buzzed a second ago. Not think about, okay, now we're about to go to lunch. We're going to have to do this, do this. Just for a minute. You put all that to the side. And I want us to bow our heads. And take this question before the Lord. Just like Moses did. And I'm going to lead us for a second and I'm going to give you just a few moments there in the quiet. Because I want you to sit in this quiet that he's been having me sit in. Father, you have been our dwelling place. Through every generation. You've always been our homeland. 
from eternity to eternity, you are God. And we realize that we're not. That we are temporary and our time, though the days are long, Lord, the years go by really fast. They go by really fast. And, and we would ask you to, to, to teach us. To teach us to, to account for our days. So that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, we see chaos in our life that we'd like to see ordered. Lord, we, we, we see emptiness in areas that we'd like to see full. And we want you to teach us how to walk in those areas. Lord, that you would establish the work of our hands. That these will be generational changes, that you're going to lead us into things that don't seem real big, but as we'll see, stacked up one day on top of the other, they can change lives for generations. Lord, help us to see where we are right now and what our aim is. What direction are we headed? Or have we just been getting up and laying down and putting out all this energy and not really paying attention to which direction we're going? Have we just been driving and not, not looking at the navigation to see where, where is it we plan to end up if we keep going the way that we're going, at the speed that we're going there? Because we all want to be closer to you this year. Lord, we'll take a moment. We're asking you these questions and I know that you're faithful. Even though you'll let us sit in the silence for a little bit and you'll let us wrestle with it for a little bit, you're always going to bring the answer. And I thank you that you're faithful to do that. So let's sit for a moment and you speak to him on your own. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to show you the way to walk this year and say, Lord, I'm going to keep asking you this week. And I want you to settle it in my heart so that when we come back together next week and we start talking about things that I'm actually going to do specifically and purposefully, that it's going to be built on something other than just my whim in the moment. We thank you, Lord. you give him the quiet he'll feel it he will sometimes it's the next moment as soon as I turn everything off Lord I just need to know there's the answer and sometimes I walk all week going Lord how, do, how, how does this need to go what does this look like how would I best do this and I just wait patiently 
on Him. And that, that's my encouragement to you. My instruction for this week is push away just a little bit more. Push away just a little bit more into that quiet and into the prayer and contemplation and ask Him. Ask Him some of those questions. And then listen. And here's the other thing you want to be ready to do. Write it down. When you get that moment, that feel like, what's it going to sound like? Am I going to hear a voice from heaven booming out of the clouds? Maybe. Maybe. You might. What you're more likely to have is a thought that lands on your mind like it's on fire. That's so alive and so smart sounding that you know it's not you. Right? That's the best way I have to describe when the Lord speaks and when the Lord leads. It's when that thought hits and it's so much peace attached to it and it's so complete that I know it's not mine. I know it's not for me. And then I write it down. Use the little notes app on your phone. Use the voice memo if you need to. If you, I'll have it sometimes. I'm driving. I'm like, I don't want to lose this. I don't have time to pull over. I'll be late to where I'm going. I'm going to record on a little voice memo right here. But push away to the quiet. Ask him. Listen. Then write it down. And again, be calm about it. Don't be in a big hurry to put the plan into place. Like, it's already the new year. I got to get it done. I got to start it. Calm down. Because you'd rather have one purposeful change, one purposeful, what they call resolution, that's going to be lasting and effective than 10 that will be gone before Valentine's Day. Right. Because we know that's what happens with most of them because we're just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Well, how did you decide that? I didn't. It's just in the commercial break. That was the most time I, I had. We'd rather have one, just one. And again, he may not lead you to make a big sweeping grand change in your life. But just imagine a one or two percent change. Just, 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 a, just a one or two percent differential in your actions and in your attitude, how much difference that could make this year and then the next year and then the next year and then the next year. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're leading us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. I thank you, Lord, that we will walk the path that you have made straight for our feet. And your word's a lamp unto it and a light to that path. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to be afraid when we look at the brevity of life, but we can see it as valuable as you see it. And Lord, I thank you for all the good things that we're going into this new year with, the mo- most of all our relationship with you. Lord, if we didn't have you, we wouldn't have that home place. We wouldn't have that refuge. We would be alone like a ship at sea without a sail. And Lord, we don't want to be like that. We were that way before you saved us, before you delivered us, before you set our feet on the solid rock. And Lord, as we build on that foundation, I thank you that we'll be able to build work that will remain, that when it's tested by fire, it will remain. Lord, because there's fire coming. There's always things that happen in this life that come against us and come against our faith because the world is contrary and there's an enemy out there. But I thank you that you said that you'd build your church and the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against it. Lord, as we press into that, I thank you that you lead us in wisdom and knowledge, that you teach us so that our hearts, even down to the deepest and core parts of us, develop that wisdom and apply that truth to our life. And that we're okay with sitting in the quiet with you because you're there. 
and with you we're safe. And we love you and we thank you. Thank you that you'll bring us safely back together next week so we can dwell on these things again and begin to take those those steps together. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name.